Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful, but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is Saksham Sharder, and he is the creative director and CIO, chief information officer of Outgrow.co, a platform that lets marketers build and launch interactive calculators and viral quizzes that help engage your website visitors and generate more leads. I know me personally, I could use this in my company. Now, Startup Nation, if you are interested in generating more leads for your business, if you have an incredible product or service, and you're like, man, I just need better lead flow. If I could just get more people in the pipeline, I know I can impact more lives. Then listen up today, listen to this episode, grab your pen and paper now. Saksham is going to deliver value to you. Now, numbers-wise, his company has over 5,000 paying users. They are number one business-to-business tech company in New York, according to G2 and HubSpot's fastest-growing app in 2019. You can find them at outgrow.co, outgrow.co. Saksham, welcome to your first 100K, top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Ooh, uh, thanks for having me, Joseph. Uh, let's say it's 5,000 companies, but we have a lot of other users. Like, uh, I think it's like a huge number. Uh, what gaps can I fill? So Outgrow is basically just a no-code tool. And that's a key point that anyone who has no idea about coding, but they have an idea about how their business works and they want to bring it to a huge internet audience in a very interactive way. They can just go on Outgrow. They don't need to hire developers. It's like a very simple drag and drop builder, PowerPoint interface. So it's extremely easy for you to get your idea across. And the market as a whole favors creativity more than it favors, you know, someone who is good at coding. So that is why tools like no code tools like Outgrow are at the forefront of what's happening in the market right now. Now, I really appreciate you and your company saying it that way, no code, because immediately that like hits a, a pain point or an irritation for me as an entrepreneur who's building you know, my coaching business. And I know for you, Startup Nation, many of you, you don't know how to code. You don't know how to write code. So that's a scary type of thing when you think about putting in these widgets and apps into your website, into your lead flow. You're like, I have no idea how to do it. So Sakshram and Outgrow.co, they have that platform, that service. I was on the website. The prices are very reasonable. I'm actually thinking uh, I'm going to look into that a little bit myself, but this is not to promote um, their company. I really want to get into um, Sakshram's story 
um, how they built this company. Uh, he's very close with the founders, so he can speak on their behalf, as he told me earlier. Uh, but before we get into the story, Sakram, go ahead and fill in, uh, actually share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to be an, a noble in the next uh, adaptation. So Amazon is going to make an adaptation of uh, a fantasy series called The Wheel of Time. And I'm going to be a noble in a court. So they're basically trying to make the next Game of Thrones, Amazon Prime. So and I'm going to be an extra noble in a court for that. <laughs> so you'd see it next year. So that's something people don't know, but it's going to happen next year. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so for those who don't know what a noble is, give us a, a quick definition. Oh, just like nobility, court nobility. So, you know, uh, in a king's court, they're like, you know, nobility and, you know, uh, bishops and all of those so i'm going to be one of those in a king's court and that's it so there's actually going to be a character made like based on you or i acted in it so but, but i was just an extra so i was just an extra in it so that's what but the show is amazon's attempt at making the next game of thrones so okay. maybe i will be somebody <laughs> we'll see wow that's interesting okay so let's get into uh your story here how long have you been with outgrow have you been with them since the beginning have you watched the whole thing like build up? Yes. Yeah. From the beginning itself. And I think initially it was an idea. And so this is how the idea came about was that the co-founders had this other business earlier where, uh, you know, they were making apps. Uh, so basically this was like in the noughties, in the 2000s, everyone wanted to launch their own app on the app store or on the Google Play store. But, and everyone had these crazy ideas about like, you know, oh, I'm going to make an app that, you know, counts how many calories you've burnt or that does this or that. Uh, but no one had any idea how much it's actually going to cost you to make an app and put it on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. So our co-founders uh, made this calculator that would show you based on like, you know, how many pages your app has, how many screens it has, how complex it is. So you answer these questions and you put your idea, categorize it into questions and it shows you how much it's gonna cost you, uh, how much it's gonna cost uh, you to get your app made to their company. And over time, what happened was that people started going to the website of this company just to find out, just to use that calculator to find out how much it's going to cost. So it became the go-to place on the internet in the 2000s to find out, you know, oh, how much is it going to cost me if I want to realize my crazy app idea into reality? And that's when our founders realized that what they can really do is enable other businesses to make calculators and quizzes like these without using developers or coders. And that is how they came up with the idea of Outgrow. We hear stories like this so often, <laughs> accidental success, right? Just out solving a problem sometimes for yourself or for someone else. And you stumble across a niche, a pain point, a gold mine. And then you say, you know what? Like, let's stop chasing this green dot. Let's move over towards this red dot that just appeared. <laughs> and I think there's something there. There's more profit. There's more value. So I love hearing these types of stories. Um, now, in the early years, you've been with them since the beginning, year one, two, and three. Uh, specifically, how long did it take to cross the 100K revenue mark? Um, was it a short, quick sprint? It was a day because it's a tech company. Uh, was it longer? Was it there a struggle involved? Um, and, and then we'll get into some of the mindset pieces. 
I was definitely less than a year because the the earlier business was doing well anyway because it was allowing people to like you know make apps right and then when we shifted to allow people to make this interactive content it it was because a lot of our previous clients were saying oh if we could just like make this ourselves if there was like some kind of tool we could use to like you know make interactive content like quizzes and calculators ourselves uh, you know that allows us to edit them all the time easily as well then it would be really easy so we already had a client base that wanted to use it so we really just just had to transition and not look at that red dot like you said as a uh, as a negative thing instead of being flexible enough to be like oh even though we imagine the business to be like that this is what the market needs and we really not like uh, you know zealot uh, zealots or like you know uh, super into a particular idea we're just ready to flow and i think that's how it should work in the market in general you just flow with the market cuz and you predict trends and you jump on them as and when required and and, and that is the way to like really i think uh, have fun in the market because it's like it's fun to just like pivot from point to point so yeah i like the way you said that in startup <laughs> nation that's a great question for you personally right as you're growing your business right now are you too rigid to controlling the path towards success for your business like do you only see it one way and everything has to go that one way or do you occur more fluid where you're able to shift and pivot based on market trends like sakram is saying here they did it in their company it's worked out for them i know me personally i've done that in certain uh of my businesses and when i did it worked out very well those were the successful businesses and then other businesses when i stayed too rigid it has to be my way and i was really just a control freak in my business um those were the my business failures 9 out of 10 times so you know just really uh assess where you're at right now on that so sakram let's get into specifically uh creating these front end lead magnets for our website um or for our platforms our blogs our social media where do you see um the industry shifting as far as uh into interactive uh engagement type of uh widgets uh platforms uh bots etc well, what do you see happening there and why do we need to let go of what we've been using maybe for a long time now I think what's been going on for a long time is static content. So everyone's just put stuff on a website and it's just tons and tons of information to read. And that was particularly a property of I would say the dot com boom like when a lot of websites just suddenly appeared and there was everyone there was like pets.com and chess.com and everything.com. And that's great and that's the beginning of the information age and now we are entering the late part of the information age. The key characteristic here is that there's too much content. There's like too much information. If I wanted pets there are like a billion websites with pets or if I wanted like you know uh, the classic example I give for this like stay you you go you want to hire a lawyer so you go on a lawyer's website and the key call to action on that website is just contact me and then other tons of text about like how great they are etc cetera, etc cetera. that's all very well but now imagine uh, if there's a lawyer who on his website has an interactive content piece like which says see how much i can save you in legal fees so it asks you four or five questions you know the lawyer is an expert in his field he knows exactly the kind of questions to ask you in order to show you by asking this like see how much i can say on legal legal fees in the end he just shows you over time in a graph how much money you will save by using his services by hiring his firm to be your legal representative so you're providing personalized value so what you're doing is you're sifting the information 
glut that is on the internet. There's too much information and you're providing the user specific value that will help him. And that helps the user make a decision because something that we've seen is also because there's too much information, there is a choice paralysis and a decision fatigue. No one wants to make a decision. It's really hard to choose. And so to overcome that, you need interactive content that meets your customer halfway and is like, hey, this is what you need. And so you're nudging them to actually make the purchase. And the other side of this is that every time you have such applets and widgets, quizzes, calculators on your website, they're also collecting marketing data. So the lawyer is also understanding every time someone takes that quiz, you know, 400,000 people take that quiz, he understands his market, he understands why people are coming to his website. So even if they don't buy anything, even if they don't hire him, he can still understand what they want. And then he can position his website, rephrase his website to include that. So there's like two things here, analytics and be actually overcoming choice paralysis that people have. Mm. Those are powerful what you're bringing to the table. Now, would it also help a, a business owner um, to filter uh, which types of leads and how to position uh, certain content? In other words, could they use one of these um, uh, survey widgets, et cetera, to say, if you identify with this archetype of small business owner, you know, press A or something like that. And if you identify you're more this one, press B, which leads them down a different path into what that business owner is up to. And, and so it could have a different pricing structure for choice A uh, than choice B, et cetera. What do you see there? Is there opportunity there for a small business owner? For sure, because like all of these widgets, applets, and interactive content, let's break them down into fundamentally what they are is a quiz. So every time a question is asked, it is filtering the lead into a different flow or a you know different direction. So they're like logic jumps. So if you answer that you have 50 employees versus employees, versus if you answer that you know you have 5,000 employees, the quiz will take you to a different direction in that funnel. And they would enter a different kind of funnel altogether. And this is like lead qualification. So you know which leads to sell uh, to send to your sales team versus which leads to sell to your, send to your marketing team and so on and so forth. So it's totally possible to do that. And which is the beauty of interactivity is because it touches every single one of your prospects in a way that is apt for them. And we've seen like a lot of like, because I gave you an example of a lawyer, which is a B2B kind of, you know, business, but we've seen everyone use it. Freelancers, you know, influencers on Instagram, like an example I can give you is uh, influencers on Instagram, fitness influencers. There's so many fitness influencers on Instagram. They are now using quizzes to determine which fitness plan suits their uh uh, their audience the best. Now, it gives a different fitness plan to every single person who takes a quiz based on their weight, their height, their, you know, different characteristics. And so it's really, a, you have the ability to personalize the kind of service you're providing to everybody. Mm. A lot of my audience uh, will, would fall into the coaching um, mm. right space. Now, for a coach, how could, could you give an example or two of how a coach could position using these on their their websites, et cetera. How do they know which to use? Do they go with a survey? Do they go with uh, something different, right? I don't know all the terms specifically you do, um, but how do we know, in other words, I'm a coach, right? How do I not get caught in paralysis analysis when it comes to using a service like yours and knowing which is the right direction to go? So if you go on a website, uh, there's actually an idea generator that actually helps you choose what you should build first. So if you just go to the Outgrow website, uh, it will just ask you a couple of questions and then it'll tell you what you should be building. In addition to that, uh, you can also go to the templates section and they're like more than a thousand 
templates that are already there in like 21 different industries, whether it's fitness, whether it's coaching, whether it's e-commerce, whether it's like finance. And you can see what people have made and what people are using. And it's very easy for you to edit that template in five minutes. Just put your own brand logo, your own brand colors, uh, you know, your own particular messaging, delete some questions, add some questions that you feel are more fit, and then just test it out on your website. There's already a free trial in which in that period, you can just test it out and see if it works for you or not. And there's the option to also just like put all of these either in your email blasts or in your Insta stories, or you can embed them on your website, or you can use them as a chatbot. So there are all these options. But if you really want to know what should I start with so that you're not like paralyzed by choice, just go to the idea generator on our website, and it will just tell you where you should begin. Okay, you just simplified all that gibberish I presented to you because I, I represent my audience, right? And sometimes like we don't even know the language we should be asking, you know, for something like this. Like when you say, hey, a calculator, a quiz, a poll, you're like, wow, that's a great idea. I don't know where to start. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't have a team to help me with that, for example. And if I did have a team, I don't know what I want them to go do. <laughs> right. And I think this is, this is sometimes where we get stopped immediately. Um, so thank you for just simplifying that. Uh, I think it's great that you guys offer the templates. You offer an idea generator, which is a widget itself um, you're using right there. And also I suspect you know, you're getting that backend information from that idea generator to seeing, oops, oops, <laughs> look at all that data that you guys can now position future products and services uh, towards. So really fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. I'm looking forward to just jumping in myself and looking at what you guys have there. Uh, now let's get into your top three tips and strategies uh, that Outgrow used to grow um, into the the seven figure realm, et cetera, well past the, the 100K mark. Um, what are your top three tips or strategies for Startup Nation right now, uh, regardless of where they are in their business growth, whether mm -hmm. they, they're struggling to get to 100K, they're at 80, uh, or they did 250K last year, or they just crossed a million last year? Like, what are your top three tips or strategies to really scale their business? I think the number one tip is uh, treat the market as a game, never take it too seriously. And, uh, you're going to have, when you look back at the company that you made or the business or the product that you made, it's uh, going to be, did you have fun making it? And not so much, uh, did you make a lot of money from it? What you'll remember from your life when you look back at it, did you actually have fun making it? And that is why no-code tools are really helpful is that when I take away the fact that you have to hire developers and you have to like, you know, go to a different department and get it done, when I just give you the tools and I say, these are the tools with which you can play with the market. You can make your own quiz, you can make your own calculator or estimator, put it out there, see how people feel. Uh, it will give you a sense of completion and a sense of like, oh, I'm actually playing with the market. And I'll give you an example of how we did this uh, you know how 2020 was going completely terrible for everyone. And there was like, you know, disaster after disaster after disaster. So one day we got together on a team building exercise and we went to our own tool, Outcrow, and we made a quiz, which we decided, we're all drinking and we just like decided on the Zoom call, we're going to make a, which 2020 disaster are you? quiz. So we made that quiz and it gave outcomes like, you know, oh, you are the coronavirus or, oh, you are the murder hornets or the locust swarms or the earthquakes because all of this happened, all the wildfires that happened in California, right? So it give these outcomes based on like, you know, how you answer the questions. And then we put this quiz on a website called producthunt.com that has like 6 million monthly viewers. 
and it went viral and it was like the number four product of the day on our product and product.com and so this is good marketing for our company but we didn't do it from a purpose of like you know oh we're going to market our company we did it because we just wanted to have fun but at the same point because we played with the market and we were thinking of all of it as a game that 2020 being like super terrible also was a game in a sense right uh it it made us touch a nerve in the market and made that 6 million audience of product.com really identify with us so so that's my key thing if you treat the market as a game you're going to a do better in the market and b when you look back you're going to be like oh i actually enjoyed that even if it didn't work out so that's the first tip the second tip like is col- <laughs> the second tip is collaboration so uh if you collaborate that is going to be key so you have to think of your product or service as really something that's out there to help a market instead of something that's out there to help you uh so if you try to think of like if you're selling a particular product try to find which other products complement it try to uh, collaborate with them so that you know you're collaborating with everyone who complements your product or you complement them so it's an audience exchange and this is something you would see instagram influencers are using all the time all they do is collaborate that they they just collaborate with other instagram accounts because they know they're not going to lose followers if they collaborate with a competitor they're actually going to exchange followers and like both are going to like increase their following so i think instagram influencers are a good way of looking at how much collaboration uh, is important in our age and time and the can third, i dig deep yeah. on that one <laughs> yeah okay so for the uh listener right now who is not an influencer and does mm-hmm. not have that uh, credibility Um how do they position themselves because obviously they want to collaborate with some of those uh bigger players but they don't have they're not equal they're not at that place yet what what could they do to collaborate with others Definitely like collaborating with bigger players is one form of collaboration but I think you can also collaborate with someone else who is small because like even if like I'm just giving a bad example here but it's like if you had 15 followers and you collaborated with someone else who had 15 followers you would still end up with like four followers more like what I'm saying is it is it it applies at the macro scale as much as it applies as the at the micro scale uh, and as one of my favorite uh, people Pat Flynn says it that if you just had 100 people who believed in your product that is much better than having 10,000 people out of which only like you know some believed in a product. So if 100 people were paying you $100 a month it's still good, right? That's enough money. So I'm like it doesn't matter if you have a small following, you should still think of yourself your collaborative attempts in the perspective of a big business because if that is a good following that you have, that's good enough. Like you know that's good enough to start with and to go into the future with. So yeah. Uh and the third thing, the third tip I would like to say <laughs> There's something on the top of my head. <laughs> I see. <laughs> the third tip because I think collaboration and uh the uh playing with the market is true, but I think the third tip is really again the no code tools itself is to not go for things that are harder to achieve. The market also favors and I think it's 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 a particular mindset that is very typical to the United States is the hustle mindset. The market favors shortcuts. the whole point of the market is shortcuts and i think that is what no code tools allow you to do is to build something without having to go through the long way of hiring a developer and like you know making sure you go through the branding department and the legal department and for instance i'll give you an example of this is when big companies like a uh, nike or adobe or someone uh, they want to make something that goes on with the marketing uh, with a trend that is happening in the market right now for instance you know netflix releases a tv show and so and then adobe or nike thinks like oh how are we going to market on this trend 
it will take them ages to make something because it has to go through the legal department, the branding department, there's mm. so many departments. But if you're a small or medium business, you can market and you can ride that trend. So big companies have to create the trend where smaller companies can ride on the trend. And if you want to do that, the easiest way to do it is through no-code tools because you have the power of simple quizzes, calculators, estimators, contests, all of these you can use. And then you just attach yourself to the money a bigger company is putting into marketing. For instance, you know, if you've noticed in 2020, this is what's been happening. Uh, bigger companies like, you know, Netflix, all they did was, uh, this is the only, in the entire TV cycle in 2020 was Netflix, 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 Netflix. First there was uh, the Queen's Gambit, then there was the Crown, and then there was Bridgerton. Like all they're doing is you only hear, I'm like, where is HBO? No one hears about HBO anymore. So, but what you can do is you can attach whatever you're selling to all the marketing money that Netflix is spending on their shows. So what we did, for instance, was... Um, because we work with a lot of like, you know, small and medium businesses. Uh, I don't know whether you've seen The Queen's Gambit. So it's it's a show about chess and chess opening. So we try to make a simple interactive content piece that would show you which chess opening, which classical chess opening best captures your business's strategy, like which opening you're trying to go for, which is a very archetypical uh, way of upsetting the market. So we're trying to link it to chess openings. And that really, once again, uh, got a huge following of Product Hunt. And we got so many hits and so many signups. It's because we rode on Netflix's marketing and that was just beneficial for us. So I think the market also favors hustle. And I think it's a uh, it's a typical trait of the American market. <laughs> I really hear that. The market favors shortcuts startup nation. I think there's tons of wisdom in that, that statement uh, that Saksham just brought to us. Uh, how can you position your products and services, your coaching packages to really deliver shortcuts um, for people to achieve their goals mm -hmm. or to get out of the pain that they're in? Like, is there a way that you can shortcut it for them where they don't have to take 12 months to get out of the, you know, the affliction or the, the, the <laughs> slavery they find themselves in, right? Or the addiction. Is there something that you have this, hey, two week shortcut, you know, to really break or, or get you started on that path? Like, how can you position your products and services to create shortcuts for people? I think that can open up something for you. Uh, Saksham, thank you so much. Really uh, of value, uh, those top three tips. Um, and now we're going to enter my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. This is where <laughs> I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. Uh, you'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Yes. All right. What is your favorite thing about uh, being an entrepreneur? Being creative. Yeah. creativity yeah it's endless right yeah what is your least favorite thing oh <laughs> having to make money <laughs> right if only that wasn't needed right then we could really gamify our businesses uh what are you most afraid of hmm. uh having to work in a job that i don't like yeah yeah i get that and you know, Startup Nation, that goes for you too. Having to work in a business you don't like. Mm. Make sure you're loving what you do. Otherwise, really consider going and finding that thing you love. Now, uh, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of being human. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? 
<laughs> making weekend plans because we can only do them because of corona lockdowns <laughs> there's not much you can do and i really feel that if i'm working through the week in the same place that is my house the last thing i want to do is to be at home on the weekend because i cannot like you know it's 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 there's a monotony that needs to be broken so i will do anything except be at home on the weekend <laughs> i get that one that's that's very real what did you spend way too much time doing this past year Oh, what did I spend way too much time? Uh, nothing really. I didn't spend too much time on anything in particular. It was only little bits of time spent on many things. <laughs> okay, got it. What secret fear do you have about people? That they're secretly competitive. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're. I think you're right, <laughs> because I know I am, and maybe you are. Right? Uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Uh, how how much the market favors flexibility and games? How much the market likes to be played with? <laughs> So let me go deep for a second, because I have a question from that piggybacks mm -hmm. earlier, right? Treat the market as it's a game and have fun with it. If you're in a professional business, this scares the heck out of people, right? If you're a professional attorney or another type of professional, even a, a high-end coach, like to really position your product or service in a playful, gamified way scares people. Like, well, mm -hmm. that's going to impact my credibility. People won't take me seriously. I can't command those same rates. Yet mm -hmm. you're saying the market actually favors that. Where, yes, where's that divide? Where, like, help us pass I, that. I don't think, well, the point with the late information age is there's so many businesses out there. I don't think anyone is serious. Like anyone can be serious or be too professional in a swarm of businesses. The only way you will stand out is if you play with it because there is no one big enough to make a mistake. That's what I'm saying. You're not big enough. Like, especially when you look at politics right now, there's no one big enough to make a mistake. You can get out of it. The point is there's so much wriggled room in a market. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Once again, even if you make a mistake, it's really just going to get your brand name out there because there's just so much like uh, the news cycle moves so fast. Even if you make a mistake or you do or like mess up or something, you're not going to lose your customers because tomorrow they're going to be talking about something else. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing I can say on this podcast today that would really, you know, capture the news cycle for like the 24 hours because the news cycle is so fast and it's going to get even more faster. And there's so much digital fatigue that no one wants to brood too much on one topic anyway. So, so that is, I think the philosophy really, <laughs> you know, I, I have to agree with that. Like, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, just look at the the whole political election and everything like that. It's already old news. Like we've already moved on yet. It was the biggest thing. People are fighting each other <laughs> over, right? And it's like, we're already on Super Bowl win here in Tampa Bay, right? <laughs> like that's the new thing. In a week or so, that's going to be old exactly. news. Exactly, yeah. Like for sure. Okay, I really get that. The pace that the market moves is insane right now. And you're right, it's just going to get faster. No one what? is a big fish enough to think that they're big enough that they will come down. Like I think everyone is really a small fish in this market because the market is just so big. Like, <laughs> So do you think that fear that we have that, oh, I can't do that, you know, funny type of uh, slogan yeah. or marketing or whatever, like, like that's just ego and pride, like that we're bigger than we actually are? I think that fear is used to keep you down. So I think that is what the key players of the market are using to keep you down. But when you look at like what Gillette did with its, you know, that masculinity advertisement, no one remembers that. Like <laughs> that's a Gillette is like a razor blade company. And the last thing they should do is attack masculinity, but they did that anyway. And that advert was hugely controversial, but everyone was talking about Gillette for like a month and that was it. 
like we're still using Gillette. <laughs> there's still like, you know, you cannot, there's nothing that you can do advertising wise that's bad that is just going to rebound and kill you. I don't think that's possible. Yeah. Wow. Different way to look at it. All right. What is a uh, new habit that you want to create in your life? Learning a new language. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to use like Duolingo to like learn a language just for fun. But yeah, that is the habit I want to create. <laughs> Got it. What's a bad habit you want to break? Oh, uh, slouching. I slouch a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that has never come up on this show. I catch Posture myself correction. Slouch. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I'm right now at a stand up desk just to help me avoid slouching. So I get it. Uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. I feel like hmm, three words, energetic, uh, gamifying, <laughs> leading back to the, um, I'm playful, I would say playful. And uh, the third one I would say is ambitious, but I'm not sure that's completely true, but I would say collaborative ambitious. So I'm more happy to like see everyone around me grow than just me. Cause I think if everyone around me grows, we are all going to grow. So I'm just like connecting people and growing. So yeah, that. I connect with you on that for sure. Uh, pick three words to describe who you were before um, you really started to play in your business and have fun with it. <laughs> Afraid. <laughs> and then uh, the second word would be disciplined. Not so disciplined now. <laughs> and the third would be A good talker, but now I'm also a good listener. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I get that for sure. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything, what would you say to them? I actually got this from an Instagram meme that said the same question and said, if there were three words, you could tell your past self, what would they be? And I'm just going to say two words, buy Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> was it $34,000 a share? Yeah. Buy if we had Bitcoin. only known back in the past, I was like, buy Bitcoin full stop. Like this is all you need to know. <laughs> That's so funny. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100,000 plus this year? Uh, I know we have murdered that point beyond a point. It's just play with the market. But... Uh, if I had to give something else, uh, it would be uh, use no-code tools and not just because I'm being paid to say that. Just really do use no-code tools because it's so much fun. Like you go on it, you look at the templates and you build something or you're building something on something that's already been built because these templates exist and you just go and change the questions. You do what you like. If it doesn't work, don't try it. But yeah, just play with the templates. It's just going to be so much fun. Startup Nation, if you're like me and even playing with those templates and coming up with questions like that hurts your brain because it's just not your strength, well, then find someone around you or hire someone on Fiverr or some other platform to do that for you. Be like, here's my account. You know, I got my account over at, at Outgrow or another platform and I want you to log in and I want you to build a widget. Here's my audience. Here's what they, their pain points. Here's the, here's their goals, what they're looking for and give them just that information and hire somebody who actually enjoys creating these types of things. Would you agree with that, Sacha? For sure. Like, you know, hire someone if required. But the point is, at least try it out once. Because I think once you're in there, your creativity is going to be loose and let loose. And the point is, everyone hates coding. I hated coding. I almost failed high school because of coding. Because that's my parents said, you should do coding because that's the next big thing. 
I don't think, I think humanity is so good at coding now that they've invented tools that allow you to do what coders do without knowing coding. And that's what no code tools do. So just go out there, be creative. Fantastic. Uh, we've been speaking with Saksham Sharder. Uh, Saksham, how do uh, Startup Nation get in touch with you if they so choose? What do you got for them? Uh, just email them, uh, email us at questions at outgrow.co. And also in the show notes, we'll give you a link where you can claim a 20% uh, discount on all Outgrow plans. So do check that out and an extended trial as well. So check those out, experiment with them and let us know if you have any questions at all. 20% discount startup nation just for you on the show. Uh, go find that in the show notes. Saksham Sharder, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Have a blessed thank day. Thank you. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to BrokenCatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.